Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. What a show, guys. Championship week. Ken Thompson, Brad Powers, me, and just chock full of info. Less games, so these guys went deep one time. Oh, Lordy B. Three guys were on one side, and Dave Essler was on the other. And since I back, I cross-bet Dave on every pick he gives. It was me against all three, Fezzik, Ken, and Brad. I'm feeling like I'm at least even money there. No vigs, that's good. Also, we picked one game at the very end of the pod that we all agreed with the most. Now, if you're going to bet that game, any game, get the best number. How do you get the best number? By having more outs. If you have zero outs, you have no numbers. Mm -hmm. You have one out, you got one number. Just even if you don't have one out, let's say you have more. Imagine, just do a day where you act like you're playing with one out. Just pick one of them, look at those numbers, and then think about if you have your second, your third, your fourth. Just go to pregame, go to the game center, and imagine one line. You're always going to take Pinnacle, let's say. Compare it with four. Pinnacle is one of them and three others. So often you get the better number. And we all know so often the number falls, the result so close to that Vegas spread. So wins become pushes if you don't get the best number and pushes become losses if you don't get the best number. BetDSI.com. Promo code BELL101. BELL101. Not only do you get another out, potentially. And when I say potentially, I mean the promo code unlocks a 100% bonus match, which effectively is paying you to give them a try. So put in your money, get the 100% bonus match, give them a try. If you like it, you've got another out. If you don't like it, ah, you got paid to try it out. BetDSI.com promo code BELL101. On to the very energetic and action-packed show. And now, a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dos Equis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dos Equis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019 Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally. There's a football beer school for me. Thanks, Martellus. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right, and it's Conference Championship Week College Football Dream Preview Edition with my wise guy round table to my left with all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. To my right, and by the way, our soundboard, our 
Super Duper Soundboard is in for an upgrade. It should be even better, but we don't have it right now. So special guest, a Hulk Hogan imitator. Oh, the largest arms to ever enter Gold's Gym Daddy. I don't know. That was horrible. That was horrible. <laughs> Ken Thompson, yeah. everyone. That was Brad yeah. doing it. So it sounded like him in an old age home or it something. Did. It did. I'm RJ. <laughs> no Steve Fezzik. By the way, I was just doing the math. Since week eight, Fezzik's best bets or his picks against us here. When we said, oh, that seems weak. One in 13. Wow. I, and and he showed up one week, got bloodied up, yeah. And he still, but he still put his picks in. You think he'd be here defending his turf somehow? <laughs> my oh my, Brad, you won this week when it came to the bets here. Four hundred smacks, I won two hundred, and you won with your premium picks five three and one. Your late telephone or your uh, all access late releases. And you had another losing week here. I was trying to tell you about that Hawaii game. Why why didn't you listen? I didn't listen. All right. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going over all the big games, and we are going to have, at the very end, one collective IQ best bet. Each of you guys will have your own best bet. And, oh, by the way, there's one game that there's a best bet from Fezzik. Brad is on the same side. And Ken is going the other way. Monster betting action there. Wait a second. If he's 1-13 in, in the betting, I'm not sure if I want to be on the side with Fezzik. Well, that's done locked <laughs> up, baby. Maybe, oh, Ken no. will, maybe Ken will let you buy out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, no. We got Miami of Ohio, Central Florida. Line is Central, or I'm check that. Central Michigan line is minus 7 what do we got? Pure Power Rating has Central Michigan for me by 3.8. There's a quarterback issue here. It's Brett Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert's uh, younger brother. No! Oh. <laughs> yeah. He's questionable here. He sat out the second half of last week's game. I think he's worth about, about a couple points. This line right now. Wait, say, what is that about a couple points? Man, Give us a freaking number. I think he's worth two points. I so say two. Well, here's the thing. I haven't watched too many Miami football, Miami Ohio football games, particularly last week's game. I, I, I didn't see that. That's the only time really that when the backup got extensive action. So, I, well, so you're saying you weren't doing your job? It seems like I am you, not doing. Did my, you dig into the stats? I did dig in the stats. The backup was really bad. I mean, coming in the season, I thought Gabbert he was in a competition to be the starter. It was basically zero. Jackson Williamson, four of 11, 52 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. And here's the thing on top of it: Gabbert has not been that great. He's a below average quarterback. So it's tough for me saying he's worth a lot. But that backup was awful last week against Ball State. Ken, what do you got? Well, I like Central Michigan. I like the way the offense like is playing. Him. I like them. I like the way Quentin Dormady is throwing the football. But I like the tandem in the backfield. Jonathan Ward, Kobe Lewis, RJ on the year. These two guys have combined for 2,009 yards, 26 touchdowns on the ground. It's a good, solid offense. Now, a little scary because they are a team that turns the ball over a lot. At the end of the day, Miami of Ohio – I'm not convinced they're a team that can come back from double digits down. I see Central Michigan getting a double-digit lead somewhere in the game and then extending it, taking care of business. Miami of Ohio, they're a fraud. They blew a 27-7 lead last week at Ball State, end up losing the game 44-27, 34 unanswered points, or 37 unanswered points. 
Now, I did a little reading on that, though. Keep in mind, that game didn't mean anything in Miami, Ohio. They, they didn't need to win the game to be. They already had the MAC championship right. locked up. And from what I was reading, the Miami, Ohio student newspaper today was that. Yeah. Oh, is this you telling us? This I great. did my work here. I, I did didn't watch work the my, film. Yeah, I didn't watch the film. And as though. a Bowling Green valedictorian, you have access to that Miami. Well, not Ohio a Bowling newspaper. Green valedictorian because people could look that up and find that I'm not. So <laughs> I was a high school valedictorian. I mean, you were one out of six? What's that? <laughs> nice. There cool. were six kids in your class. There was 131 in my high school class. Oh my! They had to bust them in from like <laughs> an hour away. In the whole high school? No. 131 in my class. Oh, in your class. That's a lot, yeah. though. I only had 72 in my oh. class. No. Yeah, I finished. I think 40 something. Seriously. <laughs> I was, I was a terror in high school. Oh, oof. <laughs> 72 in your class. Yeah. Dude, I grew up in a town with 4,000 people, wow. no stoplights. They had a Dairy Queen that was only open six months a year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need to know. That's the truth. How many were a hundred? Boy, there must have been some dum-dums in that school. You were the smartest guy? Yeah, boy. Or gal? I wasn't the smartest. I just worked hard. Everyone else, like, coming into senior year, I wasn't even the top five. Everyone dicked off on uh, senior year. Were you, was that one of your goals? I don't know. I just kept working. I got all straight A's my senior year. Everyone else just, I mean, basically took the year off. And when it was all said and done, number did, one, baby. Did your, did, now, did your dad? Oh, no. Hug you? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> but when you came, so when did you find out you were Vala Victorian? I was very late because, again, I, I had no idea. I didn't ask for some relative thing. I, I asked you a very specific question. When did you find out? You got to remember the moment. You were in class, and they said, Brad, come here. Over the loudspeaker? Yeah, I don't really remember that specifically. I was more shocked. And, yeah, and then did you go home and tell your family? Yeah, I did. How'd you tell them? I just said... Guys? Yeah. I'm Violet Victorian. And they Pretty looked up from the TV dinner and looked back down? or how did it go? Kind of something like that. <laughs> like, and, oh, and your dad was like, congrats. does that mean, like Rudy, you get into Notre Dame and <laughs> no, get me those tickets? Like that. Or are we going to Bowling Green? Game? It was more like, see, oh, you got to go to work? Oh, see you later. <laughs> now, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Maybe that's what all that note yeah. is. that what all it's about is somehow they, he thought you were going to be like Rudy? Oh, maybe, I guess. You think so? They, never, they, didn't, they didn't have I mean, my. You have to play high school football, though, right? Yeah, I know. Before you can be Rudy. RJ, the great thing is on, the, on my show, we had uh, Rudy in studio, and I brought Brad Powers, and it was just great. Uh, were they, who was taller? Oh, I was big time. No Rudy's way. So short. Oh, he's I like, mean, Rudy's not below five feet. You're like five <laughs> four, right? Five ten and a half. Oh yeah. Yeah. So was he upset you didn't play high school football? No, I don't think so. Oh, my dad? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you hated it that you so didn't want contact that you wouldn't even do it for your dad. I mean, I was four foot eleven in <laughs> high school, but he's now five ten and a half. Yeah. I graduated at five four. Wow! You, yeah. Did you ever see the movie Lucas? Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> love that movie. That was me. Did you? Except he played. <laughs> no, who was the Charlie Sheen character? Uh the guy's name. Yeah. The kid. No, uh, you don't have to tell the name, but there was a Charlie oh, Sheen yeah, character. Yeah, absolutely. I'll get it out there. What's yeah. his name? No, 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 no. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> all right. I could spend all day on this. We're going to put okay. this in the queue for the Brad Powers drunk. At, or we won't entice him to drink, but if he does get back on the wagon, or I guess off the wagon, I think it's a social lubricant. 
We want the truth, right? Do you are you, you're not a weed smoker, are you? No, hell no. Even growing up? No, nope. I only done it one time. Oh, now, see, hearing that story yeah. could be interesting. All right, I did some research on this game, amazingly, and this is what I came up with. Central Michigan played Albany. Okay, line was 16. They covered by one. No big deal. Then they got crushed by Wisconsin. 61 nothing. Yep. Since then, against the spread, 8-1-1. One, and one. And some could say 9-1. and one. There was a push, Western Michigan, but I've seen it great yeah. in different ways. Now, they've actually, in those games, been 7-3 and three straight up even though they've been an underdog by over two points per game. So. Yeah, they've only been fa- a favorite in five of their 12 games so far. Yeah, they were season. big favorites, and then they were, you know, dogs in multiple occasions. I mean, against Miami of Florida, they were 29. Is that right? Yeah, 29, 16 against Western Michigan. But here's what really impressed me is on the season, this is a team that's been an underdog in net, over two points a game, Central Michigan, they outscored their opponents by 72 points. Yep. And their ATS margin on the entire season is over 100, 101. Yep. So, I mean, this is what? One of the seven or eight best ATS teams in the country? Fourth best as far as ATS margin. Only behind Ohio State, Navy, UL Lafayette, and then it's Central Michigan. So, has the market caught? I mean, because in theory... You'd say, well, the market's caught up, except they covered by 37 against Northern Illinois. They covered by three against Ball State, and they covered by 27 against Toledo. <clears throat> so, if anything, they're they're exceeding expectations more now than ever. They are. Last week, I would say, is more of a lay down, lay down game for but then, Toledo. But, but it's easy to say that, Fezzik, but <laughs> the, what was the line? The, the line didn't somehow, the, the yeah. whole market was oblivious to it. But now we're going to explain it away yeah. in hindsight. No, it's not like that, right? If it's not known beforehand, it's not the case. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the line moved like three points. Okay. Yeah. And thus, this APS margin yeah. of, yeah. Tw- see, this is the <laughs> biggest mistake you guys make. Yeah. You find one thing you believe, and you think it dismisses everything. How much was the laydown worth? Three points, it sounds like. The market moved. Yes. So now they still covered by 27. Not 30, but 27. Yep. So make make the case that Central Michigan isn't in a spot to excel. Like, What would this line have been two weeks ago? Oh, I think a couple weeks ago it would have been Central Michigan, maybe two or three. You think, Ken? I like the way they're playing, RJ. I, I don't pay as much attention to the MAC, but I will tell you, I've been following Central Michigan because, like you said, eight one and one against the spread. I've made money with Dormady at quarterback and Warden Lewis. These guys are solid, Brad. And I, I think there's one negative on the other side. A lot of people were paying attention to the Miami of Ohio Akron game two weeks ago. Akron came into it the first team ever to start a, a good season zero and ten against the spread. It's one of those Tuesday night Maction games. And Miami, Ohio almost lost to Akron. So, to me, the market really downgraded Miami from that performance. Six of seven games over the total. So, it looks like they've been exceeding expectations in their scoring. They have, certainly. And it makes a lot of sense because Jim McElwain, as the new coach for Central Michigan, inherited a 1-11 team. What is his expertise on the offensive side of the ball? 
Jim McElwain's a good coach. I agree. I, it didn't work out in Florida. There was some like off the field type of issues, personality issues with him. But this is a guy that was an offensive coordinator for nat- multiple national title teams under Nick Saban. Turned around the Colorado State program, won a division title not once but twice at Florida. This is a really good coach coaching in the MAC. That, that's I mean got significant coaches advantages week in and week out. So six of seven over. Central Michigan games, six of seven straight up wins. In those wins, here's the point total for Central Michigan. 42, 42, 38, 48, 45, 49. Yeah, I'm on Central Michigan and the over here. But you don't like it. I don't because I think it's you're paying a little bit of premium, at least according to my power ratings on Central Michigan right now. And that's always the question. Are you paying a premium or is this team fundamentally a lot better and the market's somewhat accounting for that but not fully? And I will say one of my— I mean, the Ravens, every week people thought you were paying a premium. Maybe we eventually got to it with the 49ers, but— Man, it took a while. And that's my weakness because I'm taught late in the season I shouldn't be upgrading teams three, four points after these performances. I'm, I'm, I think what I'm you know, upgrading a team, a point and a half, two points, seems a lot to me at this no, point. No, it is. It is. But let me ask you a question. This is yeah. something we haven't discussed. Late in the year, do you guys look, and, and Brad, you do the power rating, so maybe more towards you on this one. Do you look at the trend line and say, like Ohio State, any one game early in the year when they were impressive, not the first game, but after that, by itself might not have meant a lot. But when it was two, three, four in a row, that fourth game you got to consider both as an individual game but as part of a trend line. Yeah. Don't you say, wouldn't you say Central Michigan, maybe you did the right upgrade for every individual game? But if you look at it as a trend line, it seems like there's been a switch flipped here. Something has happened to this team because you don't put up. I mean, if I would have told you before the year they're going to end the season putting up 42, 42, 38, 20 against Buffalo, 48, 45, 49, you'd say no yeah. way. And their their average like total scoring last year was like forty like forty five points per game. Their offense and the opponent's offense. So in early in the year. They put up 12 against Miami of Florida, 15 against Western Michigan. All right, so something, I mean, it seems like, it, was this coach first-year coach? First-year coach, Jim McElwain. Well, and, doesn't and that a, make sense? It Is makes sense. It trends up? And then you got a transfer quarterback, Quentin Dormady from Tennessee. So, I mean, he wasn't at Central Michigan last year either, the quarterback. So that does make sense. And he did miss a couple games. Yes. <clears throat> so, but let me ask you finally on this game, and we'll get our – exact make sure everyone's explicit about what they're doing on this game do you feel like that you maybe accounted for the individual games properly but not the games in aggregate not the not the run not the run all right maybe i don't do that enough but i i did go back through this time of year i go back through because there's only 10 games this week I go back through and regrade every single game because impressive performances at the start of the season might not be so impressive. Maybe that team they crushed and, and easily covered against ended up being a bad team throughout the course of the season or vice versa. Hey, they got beat by a team that— Like Cincinnati against Ohio State yes. sticks out like that. Yeah, because I, I downgraded Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? I mean, I thought Cincinnati Or that could... Ohio State's win wasn't all that impressive, but yeah. Cincinnati turned out to be pretty good. Yes. And, I, I mean, I got the team up 12 points. That's one of the biggest upgrades of any team in the country, RJ. Let me ask you this, Brad, because the, one of the leaner, one of the finalities for me to make it a like 
was that it's indoors at Ford Field on turf, and I think their speed on offense is going to be too much for a defensive-oriented Miami of Ohio team. One other factor, because I've been watching these. What, what do you think of his point there? I agree with it. Uh, Miami's more of a plotting team. It certainly relies much more on their defense than offense, and we're unsure on the offense side of the ball who's going to line up at quarterback. On top of it, I've watched a lot of these Mac championship games the last 15 years, particularly since they moved to Ford Field. Mm-hmm. And the Michigan schools do travel really well to this. Look, you're not sitting outside in crappy weather. You get a chance to spend the night in Detroit. It's 3-1. to one. Is, that, is that an appealing thing? It must be to the people in the great state of Michigan. <laughs> Because I, the Western Michigans, the Central Michigans, when they're playing in these MAC title games, the the crowd count is like three to one. They have fifteen or twenty thousand fans. The the other MAC school has a couple thousand fans, three four thousand. So wrapping up, what do you got, Ken? I got Central Michigan laying the points. I think Central Michigan's a great bet. It's a like, lean Central Michigan, lean over for me. You had a lot of lean winners last week. I did. You were lean on the like winners. I was lean See? on. The- Very good. Very uh-huh. good. Wow. Falling. Yeah. I'm a little slow. <laughs> I'm not that smart. Yeah, That's why like, you're the smartest guy in there. No, I just worked the hardest. <laughs> UL, Lafayette, Appalachian State. Is that how you say it? Appalachian. Yeah. Yep. They were the team that beat Michigan. That's what I remember. <laughs> Michigan. Ugh. Hey, all this talk about Harbaugh, like somehow there's so much better. It's like the guy's getting paid like eight sticks a year. Win some national titles or go the or or give some of the money to charity. Seriously, that's my thoughts. I mean, I'm not saying I'm necessarily against Harbaugh. He smells. App State minus six and a half, a little extra vague, so it's moving towards seven. Brad Powers, you got a like here. I got a like on the under, and, and these teams are very familiar with one another. This will be the fourth time they played in the last two years. They played twice last year because they played in the regular season and the title game. This year they already played, and both teams are very similar style. They like to run the football, but their defense is both teams very capable of stopping the opposing offense's strength, which is running the football. The under in the p- previous three games has covered in all of them by an average of 25 points per game. I just think fundamentally the market's not grasping it because these two teams smash the other Sunbelt teams. They put up 35, 40 points per game offensively against those teams. Not the case when these two line up and play one another. I'm on under uh, under 56. Thoughts on the total? I agree with him 100%. I did not put it down as a like, but I had talked to Brad and he had told me that he liked that scenario. I figured, you know what, I'm going to get on it. I'm going to play it because he made great sense. When you start giving me numbers like that to where it's 25% or 25 points over the spread as far as for the under, toward the under over the last three games, and, of course, this fourth game coming up made a lot of sense. I just leaned on Appalachian State just because they are at home. It's a home game. Boone, North Carolina, it's a solid home field advantage, although their one loss was on Thursday night football. They lost to Georgia Southern at home, so that's why I only leaned Appalachian State but instead of that, I'm just while I'm following Brad Powers, all the college knowledge, and I'm playing the under. Now, App State in your power rating says 7.4, Brad. 7.4, and I do lean App State. Additionally, not only because of the power ratings, but you look at this time of year, because we get a lot of coaching uh, vacancies, and the UL Lafayette coach, Billy Napier, he is being mentioned for a lot of these coaching jobs, whether it be, uh, you know. But old- doesn't that make, there would be mentioned for the jobs. Yes, but not interviewing. Not interviewing. But what yet. I'm saying is, if anything, that will keep him focused. 
Like, imagine if you went on straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio, nationally, 200 stations. By the way, guys, the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio, up 150% from January this year, from January through October. Colin Cowherd grew less. Clay Travis grew less. Dan Patrick grew less. Doug Gottlieb. Everybody. <laughs> Maybe you can redeem yourself, Brad, with your Hulk Hogan. Do what character would you want? Would you want to do Macho Man when you're doing like a promo on Straight Out of Vegas' success? Probably Macho. All right, try to redeem yourself. All right, hold on, I gotta think. And I am the entire desert. <laughs> I can't do it. You can do it, man. <laughs> I can. Just need a glass of water struggling. right there. I'm struggling. A couple beers, man. You'd be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not try to get yeah. him back. Listen, when he's drinking, it's trouble. It's over. He comes in yeah. with black eyes like every third day. Highest, oh, rate, yeah. highest rated dream hit, pod ever. We're going to get hit Brad the, Hit the doorknob, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> but wouldn't you say in general, or, or as I was saying with SOV, is imagine that you heard, okay, Fox Sports National or Fox Sports, uh, the big Fox as they call it, is thinking about having a gambling guy come in. And uh, he's thinking, you know, Brad Powers is one of the three. Do you get, do you, do you lack, do you, uh, uh, <laughs> do you, do you la- become lax? I was going to no. say like jerk off. I'm not sure the way to say it. Or do you get focused? Laser focus. I'd be on my best behavior. This has got, hey, look, the big wigs are listening. I got to be on my, my yeah, A so game. So do you here. think that, remember in yeah. all the right moves? I've right? only seen that once. It's been a while. Six, two stack monster. Yeah. All right. Is when they had the guy from the college. You ever see this movie, Ken? No. Tom Cruise. It's a good movie. Oh, it's it's about Pennsylvania football in the eighties. Oh, man, that's crazy because I grew up. You know, I was born. You in relate. Pennsylvania. That's got to be something that you relate. I, I would to, say it? honestly, I would say that movie is more like my experience growing up than any movie I've seen. Like it's probably not even close. Wow. I can't even think what would be close because it really was the the you know the it wasn't just. I the will fo- watch it, RJ. Yeah. What is the name? All the right moves. All the right moves. There you go. It has um, Tom Cruise and that Leah Thompson. She was a couple good scenes of that. Oh yeah. Oh, you remember with the jeans? I do. Remember I, that. I do that too for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not only that it's so football oriented, which it is, but it's the idea of the mill, the the mines, whatever it is, was the center. Of everything. Everyone's dad worked there. And then when someone one shut down, how it affected everybody. Remember, I grew up before, you know, in the 80s. So, I mean, I was, uh, uh, you know, I graduated high school in 88. So it was, it was, there was a downturn at that point. It wasn't like the glory days of the 70s you would hear stories about. But it still was, there's still a lot of people working. Right now, it's like hardly anyone's in those kind of jobs and they're, most of them are non-union too, which in a way, if it's not a union, you know, for those guys, mm-hmm. you know, my dad worked a ton. I mean, he was like a 70 hour week guy. Was he a steel mill guy? Uh, coal mine. Coal mine. My, yeah, yeah. my great, my, uh, my grandfather in Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania was coal mine. Yeah. It, it's right now. Black area. lung, died of black lung. Yeah. You yeah, see, was he tough. was lucky. Well, the first half of his career or, you know, time was uh, above ground. He was a machinist and then they started offshooting that and then he had to go inside but uh it was um back then i mean remember this is mid 80s he was making like 85k oh wow uh, he was working a lot and 
I mean, like seven days a week for weeks at a time, 10-hour shifts. You know, it just was nonstop. But you think about it, in a way, I think that's what all the politics today is about. Back then, you didn't, you know, he went to the service. He was in the Navy, like you can. But he, you know, learned a trade, but he didn't, uh, he wasn't educated. He wouldn't have a college Mm -hmm. degree. You work really hard. You learn a trade and you could, you know, I don't know how much 180 or I'm sorry, 85 is in today's dollars, but I'm almost thinking it's almost double. Yeah, I was thinking like 150. Yeah, but imagine, yeah, you could probably convert it pretty easy. Go from 85. And to me, I'm not, obviously there's two sides of the union. I'll say 200K. No, I'd, I'd go under that way. You're going under? I mean, because let's just say this. There's a lot of people back there that they love the union so much and the power it gave them. It was like, you know, hey, pick up this shovel. And it's like, no, 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 the contract says. And I'm not saying there wasn't a reason for some of that. But once you stop working together as an organization, kind of makes sense that they're going to stop. They're going to get out of there as soon as they can. And... I'm not saying so much. What's the number? 203,000. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and I didn't go over. I won both showcases. That's, that's freaking awesome. crazy. Yeah. 1985. Why didn't now? I see any of that money? <laughs> it was like I never saw. I mean, it was like, I mean, I wasn't impoverished, yeah. but let's just say it wasn't flowing. <laughs> Jeez. No wonder he's never complaining about money these days. <laughs> <laughs> I do think how much better would it be if someone who wanted to really learn a trade and work hard could make a middle-class living, you know, and that's more than a middle-class living. But again, I, to me, I'm, I'm crazy how much I work, but if you don't like your job, I'd much rather in today's dollars make 120 and, and you know, work 40 hours a week than, you know, work almost double that and make 200. It's like if you don't have any time to spend the money, what's the point, mm-hmm. right? So it was a little extreme, so anyway, that movie really represents that because Tom Cruise is trying to get out to become an architect. I do think it's interesting that Tom Cruise was five. Now he's like you, Brad. Five, I think he says his bio actually says five ten and a quarter, and he's like five seven. But he play, but he played cornerback. <laughs> so like you know they were recruiting him for D one, and it's like he's like running like a five, maybe a four nine five, and he's like five seven cornerback. <laughs> You know, you know, it was a different era. <laughs> All right, so you agree with me, though. It wouldn't be so much Lafayette's guys distracted. I agree. You won me over on that one, RJ. All right, so let's wrap it up. What you got? Can you got lean App State? Lean App State, but no. I, but my thing is I'm going to play Brad's under that. He brought just great information. Doesn't give, get much better than that. Yeah, give us the, the, the two-sentence recap on the under. This is the fourth time these two teams have played, so they're very familiar. It's kind of like fourth time since when? Since the start of last season. Okay. So it's almost like, and I know this isn't two sentences. We see the trend, trend line in NBA playoff series. Some of it's getting tired, but the adjustments that teams make as you go from game one. Now, same to coach game, last two years? Same coach. Same Both, quarterbacks? Yes. All right. And looking at it in this one, the previous three games, 25 points per game, all three to the under in those three games. Fourth time that they're matting, I'm going with under here. And I don't think it's being priced in line. Looking at the statistics, when I make the total to be, you're not playing a price here on the under. Under 56, I like it. Brad Powers. Remember, guys, at the end of the show, we're going to have one and only one best bet. Now, these guys are going to have their own best bets, but we're going to have a kind of a pod best bet. Hawaii. 
Boise State. Boise favored by 13 and a half. Ken, you like this. So does Fezzik in Abstentia. (laughs) Now, fake Fezzik, since we don't have the soundboard, we got the mini soundboard, but we don't have fake Fezzik's theme song. He refuses to appear. Wow. He's big on branding. You think Hogan would have came out without American Hero? No. See? Flair without 2001 A Space Odyssey? I like that you know that. (laughs) Brad, I I just want to get your take because I know... RJ's a stickler as far as what lines we have, but I've seen 14s, so I wanted to make sure before so I take put a that gander, out there. Because there's no batting between you guys because you guys both agree on this one. So if it's 14s, 14s, but you do like Hawaii. So I do start. like Hawaii, and the reason being, RJ, there's a couple reasons. First off, they played at Boise already this season, got off to a slow start, fumbled their first two possessions, ended up being a very high-scoring game, which I think favors Hawaii because they'll get into a shootout with anybody. 59-37 was the final. In fact, Hawaii came so close to covering the ball, uh, covering the game, but they got a late touchdown, Boise State did, on a uh, third and one play. If they didn't get it, they would have had to uh, give the ball back to Hawaii. would have had a chance to cover, but it was a busted play uh, where everybody commits 10 guys in the box, and Holani took it to the end zone. But I think there's a chance that Hawaii now goes in there focused. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. Always tough to win in Boise, but I think Cole McDonald – Going there one time, familiarity with the blue turf, I think that's huge. I still think Hawaii's got four receivers that there's nobody in the Mountain West that has shown that they can cover all these guys. That includes Boise State. I do respect Boise. Now, they've switched quarterbacks since that game. They've gone to Jalen Henderson, which is different than Bachmeyer and even Chase Cord, who came in that game because that's when Bachmeyer got hurt against Hawaii. I just don't think it's a, I don't know, I don't think it's a, a clear-cut deal where Boise State's going to win this game by better than 14 or 13 and a half points. What do you see in market? It's 14 here in town, 13 and a half faraway places. All right, so what Painted we're almost 14, all of them here in town, all 13 and a half far away. All right, but that tells me that the square, these are square Vegas books we're talking about. Yes. So the squares, um, they're, they're enticing the squares to take the 14. Yep. Um, which, oh, I'm sorry, check that. The squares are going to be willing let me state because I misstated that. The squares are going to be willing to lay the lumber. Yep. And they know the sharper side's the dog. So that speaks well. And also, listen, when Vegas is a little ahead, because there's just more major recreational shops in Vegas, whereas in the old days with Bodog, Sportsbook.com, Bet Online was bigger, it seems to me. I don't know the exact numbers, but it seems like a lot of those recreational shops now are like, Barring anyone that has a pulse when it comes to their, you know, their profile and their betting. So if you're taking dogs at all, they don't want you generally. Um, Mackenzie somehow has one of those accounts. <laughs> I'm not judging him or anything. Is that true, Mackenzie? Waste management consulting. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> well, Let's just say this. Hopefully a year from now he won't have one of those. He'll, be, he'll come in and say, I, I'm initiated. They finally <laughs> barred me. I think what happens is eventually you'll see some of the online books who are on the border, where they're not quite the Bovadas or whatever, will start moving to 14. So my guess is if you got a 13 and a half only, or a, can you wait? Mm-hmm. You agree with that? I agree. And also, as you mentioned in another game on the radio, there's really asymmetric risk. You know, what's that? It's a fancy way of saying if it goes to 14, you gain a lot. If it goes to 13, you don't lose that much. Good call. What do you got, Brad? 
power rating right on the number here. 14.1 is what I have on Boise State here. I lean Boise State. And to me, I think Boise State's quarterback, Jalen Henderson, who has been playing the last four games, I don't think he's a downgrade from Bachmeyer. And if you would have told me that four games ago, I wouldn't have believed you because I thought Hank Bachmeyer was one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the entire country. But here's what Henderson does. Takes care of the football. Only one interception for a young, inexperienced quarterback. Nine touchdowns, one pick. I don't think it's a downgrade like the market's treating it. Just a lean for me on Boise State. And with Ken's, do you, uh, with Ken's handicap, um, obviously you lean Boise. What is the thing about Ken's pick on Hawaii you like, you disagree with the most? I think, well, here, I'll start with agreeance. I think the fact that Hawaii. Agreeance. I don't know. <laughs> wow. With what I agree with first, I don't think there's going to be an intimidation factor. The fact that Hawaii's already played on the blue turf already this year. So that's out the door. What worries me is just matchup wise. I just don't see how uh, Hawaii stops Boise State. They, they didn't in the first meeting when Boise State was kind of fumbling around offensively, and I, I don't necessarily see it here. So Fez likes Hawaii, and I'll wow. replace here fake Fezzik. He says, listen, Hawaii had an impressive win last week, easily beating Army, even though there was no clear incentive in that game. Now, Hawaii obviously has a travel disadvantage, but not that big, and here's why. Hawaii has played two straight home games, Boise two straight road games. Thus, the net difference contrast between the two teams isn't as extreme as it often would be. So, Ken, like, like on Hawaii, get the 14. Now, somehow, some way, someone waits and waits and waits and it goes down. Best they can get 13 and a half. You still fire? I'm still playing it. But we'll book you at 14 because it's a fair number. Brad, this Hawaii game reminds me of the advice I try to give you. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So recap what your thought process was. Now, here's the thing. The fact that lost one, it shouldn't be like, and I was so wrong. What I want to talk about is our goal for next year. Every year what I attempt to do is say what – Where's the low-hanging fruit? Where do we need to get better? And to me, public handicappers in general, getting away from always playing sides, and even totals are just a variation where it's the obvious way to play total points. It's totals, right, over under for the game. I'm looking at team totals. I'm looking. Yep. They're, they're available. It's not like the old days where most people were listening or betting through the guy got the lines from the newspaper. It doesn't matter if you're legal, if you have the legal outs, you have the gray outs, whatever it is, most of them now have a white label at minimum where you're getting a full offering of bets. So in hindsight, what could you have done? How did you think about it? Have you reconsidered, not just because of the loss, but with the benefit of hindsight? So I'll start with my best bet last week. It was on Army against Hawaii. My whole handicap was, hey, Hawaii's lack of motivation will likely show up on the defensive side of the ball because, I mean, do you really want to prep for the option for a week when you got the, the big championship game on deck and you're off a big win the previous week? So I thought Army would have a lot of success going up and down the field on Hawaii's defense. And you said, hey, if that's one of your main parts of the handicap, why aren't you attacking Army's team total? And, you know, at even during the podcast, I was like, I think you're right, RJ. That, that would be the, the thing that I'm most confident in, but I didn't execute. And... Uh, I mean, Army certainly executed. If I had a bet Army's team total over, 
even though Army lost their starting quarterback, their backup quarterback, they were down to a third stringer, they still went over their team total for the game. So the general goal is for us, for you, distill down what you really like. Where do you have an opinion? And then try to get as purely as possible at that opinion. Yep. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes when we bet sides, we feel strongly about one matchup, this unit against that unit. We think the other one's a toss-up. That's yeah. fine if you can only bet sides, but why not isolate, isolate? Yeah, RJ, I got some great new, uh, great information early in the year from somebody connected to Hawaii very close to the program that let me know that the receiving core that Hawaii has, these are guys that the Pac-12 teams have not grabbed because of their size, but their speed is Division I uh, power conference quality. And when you see them go up against the defenses in the Mountain West, they can't cover. I mean, Hawaii loses games because maybe they have trouble stopping the other team on defense. But there has not been a defense in the Mountain West that has stopped Hawaii. That includes Boise State. Hawaii still, after fumbling their first two possessions and falling in the hole 14-0, they still put up 37 points in Boise in the first matchup. They need to avoid shooting themselves in the foot, turning the ball over. If they do that, I think it's a one-score game one way or the other. All right, that's the pick. Fazek and Ken, Hawaii, plus the points. Try to get the 14. Wait for the 14. Next game, Oregon, Utah. Pack 12 championship. Utah win. Are they in? Well, if Georgia loses, perhaps. We'll talk about that at the end. We do, though, have Utah favored by six and a half. By the way, this is the, the, the classic of all classics. Ken likes the side. Brad likes the total. And somehow, some way, Fezzik likes the exact same total. <laughs> but here's the kill, kicker. Brad's going under 47. Fezzik's going under 47 and a half. Oh, geez. This is, this could, this is like if you just had to have one sheet of paper to explain <laughs> Brad and Fez is that. And it's me making fun of it would be me actually being explained. Well, when, so, you have, when you have 37 outs like Fez does. Oh, only 29. <laughs> um, can you go first? And then, Brad, you go second. And I think it could be correlated for me because I like Utah to the under. Uh, Again, the weather coming into play big time. Brad alerted me that it's going to be nasty there, Santa Clara, Levi Stadium. And I've seen that turf before when the Niners play, when it's not great weather conditions or it's rained earlier in the week. By the third quarter of games, this thing looks like it's just beat up and it's just not a good turf. And so I think that is an advantage for uh, for Utah. I like Tyler Huntley as a guy that can tuck it down and run the ball a lot more than I like Justin Herbert tucking it and running. I'm not saying Herbert doesn't have that capability. There's no doubt that he does. But he's a guy that will stand in that pocket longer to look to pass longer and stay there where I think Huntley, he'll take off. And you've also got not only Zach Moss, but I like Devin Brumfield. This kid, a couple times when Moss has gone down, this kid has stepped right in there and looked like he didn't miss a beat. They rely on the tight end and Kuthi. I think he's solid as well. And they have that trio of uh, guys that uh, are decent as far as the receiving core. Tompkins, Simpkins, and then Kuthi. They miss Covey. There's no doubt they've lost him all year, but they've adjusted. When you look on the defensive side of the ball, Brad, Bradley and Nye, 
I, I mean, whoever gets this guy in the NFL draft is going to just love this guy because this guy is, a, is somebody that is relentless. He constantly yep. gets to the quarterback. Has Doesn't 12 and take a, plays off. Unreal. Has 12 and a half sacks already. Uh, combination with a couple really solid linebackers in Lloyd and Bernard. I like this Utah team a lot. And I think although they haven't played a difficult non-conference schedule, this is their chance. Anything short of a win by a touchdown or more, in my estimation, is going to leave the door open for Oklahoma if Oklahoma takes out Baylor. They need to be convincing from the get-go. And what hurt them in the USC game when they lost their only game at Troy? They got off to a slow start. They shut SC down in the second half. I think USC had minus 35 yards in the second half rushing the football. Oregon, although we look at Herbert, their strength is still running the football with Die Verdell when they get inside the five, six-yard line. Habibi Lakio, he's the guy that's got 10 touchdowns on the ground. They just give it to him because he's sure-handed. So I like Utah to take care of business. I was not impressed with Oregon going up against a backup quarterback yeah. at home last week in Oregon State in the Civil War game. Got out to a 17-3 lead. They were lucky they scored late just to make sure they had a little breathing room, won the game 24-10. But we had Oregon State plus 19.5. I think you did as well, Brad. And I was impressed the way Jonathan Smith, I thought, outcoached, you know, uh, uh, my guy from Miami of uh, Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. I'm seeing him like they're Miami uh, Gator and, of course, Florida, Florida International's old coach. But I'm just sold that Utah defensively, too much physicality, late third quarter, fourth quarter. I like the Utes to pull away, win this game by about 10 to 13 points. Do you think about betting second half? Again, back to the isolation. Yeah, I mean, it'd be better if I knew that, uh, you know, so, they were kicking off to start the game. Yeah, but that's random, right? Right, right. So, I mean, uh, if, and again, the second, this is what I don't understand. Why there just aren't, like, there's halftime bats and second half bats. Why wouldn't you have a, if you have a first half line, why wouldn't you have a second half line? Because of the the coin flip type things. But that still applies to the first half. That's true. But you're right, RJ, because physically, they beat you up. Utah does in the trenches, at least they have so far. Now, look, Oregon's got a senior-laden offensive line, a very good offensive line, so I'm not taking anything away there. Yeah, but they haven't seen anything like this since the opener against Auburn. That's what, right. What was this? What would this line be if Oregon had won the game they lost? Ooh. Three, three and a half. So I'm confused then. Do we think Oregon's not motivated? Oh, I think they're motivated when they're so going then, to the Rose Bowl. Then we're really adjusting the line so much that – it's like it seems like you gotta like Oregon here. I don't though. But what I'm saying is that the yeah. would you have loved Utah at three? Because what what's the two things that's changed yeah. off of the loss that Oregon had? One is hold on. Okay. One is you got to reevaluate how good they are. There's an adjustment off yeah. of they played that poorly in the game, and number two, there's a question potentially of motivation. Yep. If you're saying the motivation is a non-issue then all that's left is the game adjustment. How much game adjustment was there off of Oregon losing the game they lost? About a point and a half to Arizona State. So it should be four and a half if it was supposed to be three. And my power rings have Utah by 4.8, so it's close. So how don't you like Oregon? Because of the weather. The weather will come into play here because Oregon likes to pass the ball. No, they like to pass the ball a lot more. Herbert likes to stand back in the pocket where Huntley, he's a dual threat, and he'll take off and run. He's a guy that doesn't make a lot of mistakes either. He's been very, very solid as far as efficiently taking care of that football. So what you're saying is if the weather was perfect, you would not like Utah. That is true. I would would definitely not like the minus 6.5, no. All right. I, I, I can agree with that because, I mean, Utah is more of a ground-and-pound team. Mm-hmm. 
and, and it's play. And here's another thing: Utah's played several games this year already in weather. You go back to the Arizona State game, played in, in a torrential downpour. Washington State game, torrential downpour, and Utah in both of those games far exceeded expectations. The the uh, the past they've exceeded team. expectations every game. Yeah, they have, right. they have. Now, what I will say is this: I love the answer. Meaning to me, logically, I thought, okay, there's these things that could be different. You're saying, well, there's an outside factor benefiting the team that's causing you to have the under, yep. Brad, causing you to like Utah, the weather. Fez likes the under also, 47 and a half, though. And that's fair. I looked. There's four or uh, five so, shops. That... So what you're saying is is you just were taking the worst of it just because you love the audience so much. No. <laughs> uh, 20-mile-an-hour winds. Offenses should be compromises from Fezzik. This is the most important game in Utah history. He thinks they get conservative. Oh, wow. It's an interesting point. Yeah. A little tight. Playoff pressure. Fez comes through. But, but, but you got a one. Uh, that makes the under like, boy, I can tell you, if it goes to seven. I always hear about the weather and throwing. And with wind, I agree. But I think otherwise... I don't unless it's like horrible. Right. I don't think it hurts as it much. Ac- it actually could help. A light rain could actually yes, help. I, yeah. But RJ, you've seen the Niners field when it gets beat yeah, up. True, it's yeah. ugly by the third quarter. That's a good point there too. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. And now, a word from Martellus Bennett, a professor at the Dosakis College Football Football College. Hey, college football fans. Martellus Bennett here. Do you want to win every football argument this season? Dominate every debate? Become a pigskin prodigy? Then enroll in a Dosakis College Football Football College, where you'll learn from football insiders like me, Jay Cutler, Katie Nolan, and Arthur John Bacon, the man who wrote the book on college football. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dos Equis College Football Football College at dosequis.com backslash edu. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Copyright 2019 Dos Equis Beer Brands. Official beer sponsor of the college football playoff. Finally. There's a football beer school for me. Thanks, Martellus. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. All right, real quick. This is not this type of show generally, but let's talk about it. If Georgia wins, they're in. Yep. <laughs> if Utah wins and Oklahoma doesn't, Utah's in. Vice versa, Oklahoma's in. If Oklahoma and Utah wins... First question, who do you think will get in, Brad? Utah. I agree. I, I think Utah gets in. But, R.J., it does depend. I test. If Oklahoma, say, wins 41-3 uh, yeah, okay. to three, and Utah wins but by all a point or equal. two. All things equal. Utah. Who should get in? Utah. I agree. All right. How much of this is Oklahoma fatigue, do you think? I think some of it. I think, And you brought up that point, R.J. Yeah, and I've been hearing it on the radio, yeah. people saying, you know, since. It's like, oh, I don't want to see them get killed again. So do we really think Utah has a better chance against a high state than no, Oklahoma? No, they don't. They don't. At least, at least in theory. Though, I mean, listen, let's give some credit where credit's due. Utah has had, 
an amazing run. Oh yeah. When you look against the spread, I mean, what were they expected to win this year? I mean, how how obviously they've exceeded expectations. Eight. Well, they were they were picked to win the Pac-12 South by yes. pretty much everybody. Eight and a half wins. Eight and a half to nine wins. Now Utah was in the Mountain West, right, for a yep. while. So somehow they've risen up to be an elite Pac-12 school. It's taken them a while. It's almost been a decade already, RJ. This is like their eighth year in the Pac-12 already. Now, got some numbers on Utah here, and then we'll move on. They've been favored in every game, Utah, by an average of nearly 17 points per game. They won three games to start the season, then they lost to USC. Since then, they've won eight straight, and it's been by 18 points or more in seven of those eight games. So there's one game less than 18 points, and they've covered eight straight, and oh, by the way, by an average of 12 points per game. Yeah. RJ, I will say this too, being a USC fan and remembering that game, Utah, the whole week, USC's backup quarterback, the freshman Slovis, was the guy that... Oh, Brad was Daniels. bad-mouthing him nationwide. Right. Yeah. But Slovis, a good, solid young quarterback, came in, replaced JT Daniels. So Utah focused on him. They had the film on him. Going to try and take him out. They did take him take out. Take him out? Take him out of, of his rhythm, whatever. Look, they took him out literally. Take him out of his... I don't think you meant rhythm, Ken. Well, they took him out second play of the game for... Uh, SC on offense, they put him out. He was out for the game. USC went to the third string quarterback, Matt Fink, who they had no film on, no prep. That's the guy I was and here's talking a, about. And here's about. a guy that just steps in. Matt Fink goes in there and just, RJ, first play from scrimmage, no back, no running back. Couldn't they and, take him out? I, You know, I was waiting for him. <laughs> I, SC kind of surprised them there in the first half, got the lead. In the second half, Utah held USC, I want to say, to minus 34 yards rushing, dominated the game, end up losing a close game. That's their only blemish. And it couldn't take them out? Yep. Game done changed. Game the same, just got more fits. <laughs> Forget player safety. The Ohio State University, favored by just a measly 16 over Wisconsin. Can you have a total? Fez has the side. And Brad with another lean. Ken, why don't you start? Okay, the reason I like the over is because Wisconsin understands going into this game after getting beat down by Ohio State, they're going to have to score points to win. So while you want to play your conservative game and shorten the game and use your Jonathan Taylor great back and uh, rely on the receivers here and there to move the chains, you understand the end of the day, you look at the body of work Ohio State's put up. They are going to score points. What did Wisconsin just do in the horrendous weather on the road, go to Minnesota and put up a ton of points? Why? Because they changed up. They had Jack Cohn throw for 280 yards against Minnesota. We're all waiting for Minnesota and Tanner Morgan to air the ball out and burn Wisconsin's defense. Not the case. I like this game to go over because I think that Cohn now has the approval of head coach Christ, who was a quarterback himself, and is going to have the green light to throw the ball a lot more, not just rely on Taylor, although Taylor's an outstanding receiver out of the backfield. So I think the Wisconsin mindset has changed a little bit here, not just going to rely on the running game and the defense, but going to rely and let our quarterback make some plays, put some confidence there. Because if they don't score points, they're not going to beat Ohio State. They understand they've got to at least get in the 20s. Couldn't do that in the first meeting. So I think this game's going to go up and over. You know why? Because we know Ohio State's going to score. So what do you think of the total, Brian? I lean that way. I think the earlier meeting had some suppressed scoring. Why? 
played in a lot of rain and wind in that game. That certainly impacted my honestly, I think it impacted Ohio State more than Wisconsin. Now you're indoors on a fast track in Indianapolis. Not only do I lean with the over, but it's also why I'm leaning with Ohio State, even though you're paying a hefty price here. Just when these two teams played in October at home, Ohio State was only 14 and a half. Now at a neutral, See, that, seems like a, that seems like a modest adjustment. Because what I mean, really, you're saying about a five point adjustment, right? Yeah. So it's who had Ohio State beat before Wisconsin? Nobody really. I mean, Michigan really, State. Yeah. You yeah. think about it, they've really proven themselves yeah. in this game and then obviously against Penn State, obviously against Michigan. I mean, everybody, but you know. So <laughs> I would have thought it was a bigger adjustment. I mean, my power rings have Ohio State by 15 and a half, so it's not like a huge disparity here. Hmm. Question. Will there's a huge difference between being the one seed and the two or three seed. One seed's gonna play a Utah. What do you project the line, Ohio State, Utah? Ohio State about a thirteen point favorite. And then Clemson against LSU. I'm high on Clemson. I Yeah, you think about three. Yeah. And Mark you thinks it's more one or so. Clemson favorite. Yes. You think Clemson by three? Yes. Okay, so will Ohio State want margin here? And they're going to know what they need because LSU's the, the SEC championship games before this one. That's interesting. So yeah. if somehow LSU loses. Yeah, there's no need. I mean, Ohio, Ohio State probably gets conservative in this game. Not that they don't want to win, but they don't need to run it up. Agree. Do you agree with that? Do you like? That makes sense. Didn't think about that, but it does make sense. It's good stuff. That's good stuff from Brad Powers. He might have shirked his duties. I mean, like, I would thought you would have, like, called up a friend from the Mac and said, I need to get tape on that game. <laughs> no. Huh. I'm sorry. The season's I wearing down. The audience. So we agree in general if it's Clemson, because Clemson would love, you know, who knows? If Clemson wins by 40, LSU wins a squeaker, High State wins a squeaker. Are we sure Clemson doesn't go to one? No, they don't. No chance. How do you know? I just uh, – we can put some odds on it. Well, what kind of, – I'll give you well, like – Would you give me over 10 to 1? Yeah, I will. I'll give you 20 to 1. 20 to 1, but what's the conditions? So let's say that Ohio State wins by a touchdown or less. Okay. LSU wins by a touchdown or less. Yep. Clemson wins by 40. Yep. Or 20 more. To one. 20 to 1. All right. I'll bet 100 win 2,000. Okay. I like but, it. But we, think, <laughs> but we think Ohio State and LSU – LSU could jump them. Yeah, I do think that's the case. How extreme would it have to be? Like, let's say Ohio State wins by three. How much does LSU have? They win by, if LSU wins by 14, do they jump them? I think it's 50-50 there. Uh, it's about to break. Yeah. Somehow I found that. Yeah. No, well, you're instantly. good at that. You're like, well, I'm not a college expert, but yet you, you know. <laughs> you come in the straight out of Vegas show, you're like, how do we break this down? And you have, like, every major question coming into the playoff committee tonight. Yeah, I'm pretty good with storylines. Yes. All right. Oh, one last thing on this. Some would say this is the most important. Let me say this. I do believe that rooting for, for, for the parents out there, and you have a, ch- a chance to, let's say, nudge, nudge your kids in a certain direction. Nudge them towards a winner. <laughs> There's nothing worse than growing up, let's say, a Cleveland Browns fan. Because every Browns fan I know takes on the same mopey, yeah. you know, you ever notice that? Oh, yeah, the whole city's full of it. I mean, it's like... 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, woe is me. Short rock. Yeah. It's like, wowsy, wowsy. Yes, nobody Ooh. likes me. The, no friends. Football team stinks. That, e- Eeyore. Yeah. That, that, Eeyore. Exactly. That darn John Elway. Yeah. I mean, and then you've got Ohio State. We just expect good things to happen. Well, yep. You know what? And, and that was my dad, RG, because my dad was Woody Hayes' guy, and I grew up with Ohio State football in my house. And when Ohio State beat Michigan, I mean, it didn't matter the chores that I had, whatever it was, it didn't. All that stuff was <laughs> by the wayside. KT, go out and play. Go have a great time. It didn't. I rooted for Ohio State to win, especially the Michigan game. When they beat Michigan. Oh, he was oh, incentivized. Well, this is, this is crazy because the only – RJ, this story real quick, how I became a USC football fan. We were in Nutley, New Jersey. I was six years old. I was sitting on the booster seat after Pops had just gotten his haircut, and they had on the black and white little TV set there the Ohio State-Michigan game with the rabbit ears and everything. Ohio State won the game. The old man got his, his haircut was done. He's feeling good. He's ready. All right, get Junior in there and let, let's take care of business. What happened was I saw this guy on this white horse with a sword and all this stuff. The USC-UCLA game came on right after the Ohio State-Michigan game, and I'm just looking at these cheerleaders in white sweaters. Ah, forget and the horse. I, what about just, the song? Right? right. I'm just like, are you kidding me? I go, that's my team. And I became an <laughs> SC fan from, from there on. And, I, I, you know, back then we're loyal to our teams. And it came down to, I want to say, at least three times while I was growing up in my teens or, or you know, like uh, from 10 to 16 to where USC played Ohio State in the Rose Bowl because the Pac-8 the Pac and then Pac-10 – but the Pac-8 at that time, they didn't have a rule that you couldn't go to the Rose Bowl every year. The Big Ten had this bullshit gentleman rule. Ah, oh, you can't go two years in a row, crap. And my dad used to get so ticked because even if Ohio State won it two years in a row, eh, they had to give way to Michigan. Sounds or Michigan. communist. It was yeah. ridiculous. And it was like, but there were several times that we went at it head to head. And here's the classic story. I want to say it was 73 or somewhere in that neighborhood, 1973. And Ohio State is winning by seven points. And they're going to win the national title if they win this game against Southern Cal. And John McKay and Woody Hayes going at it. And Southern Cal's got the ball. And there's about a minute 20 to go somewhere in that neighborhood. And SC's driving. And now the old man has gotten out of his lazy boy, like to where he's taken the, the, the lounge part out of it to where he's sitting in it. And I'm sitting in the corner on the couch on the floor over far away. And I'm just watching him going, come on, guys. Come on, guys. And SC keeps driving. They get it down. Now it's inside a minute, and Southern Cal scores a touchdown. And my old man gets up out of the lazy boy, kicks his chair, and he goes, well, at least we'll still get a piece of that crappy UPI title. You know, thinking that because they had the AP and the UPI, he thinks that even though he didn't respect the UPI as much, at least they're going to get a share of the title with the tie. So John McKay holds up the peace sign, and my dad's classic line, he says, well, what the hell kind of California shit is that going for two? Who the hell goes for two? And they threw it and they got it. 1817, RJ, I slipped out of the living room, <laughs> went into my room, shut the door and just like pounded the air, just like finally beat the old man, you know. And my, my dad was pissed. I mean, he's cursing up a storm. They lost 1817, the Buckeyes did. And about two hours later, my dad came in to my room and he goes two hours yeah oh yeah but at least you know and he's just like he's finally cooled off probably had enough highballs and he was feeling good. <laughs> and he came and he came in and, and the old man's like that coach got balls man but 
I, I give you, I give you credit, kid. That kid, you know, he, and and that was the thing because my dad was a big Jets fan and Joe Namath, and they had the two point thing in the AFL. But my dad was just, I'll never forget, what the hell kind of California shit is that? Who the hell goes for two? And Maybe it was a peace sign. That man, kinda... I'm telling <laughs> you, man. And they, and they, but they got it. You had a Shelton Diggs and uh, ended up winning 18-17. It was a great game. But I enjoyed that, uh, you know, rivalry with dad. You know, and he would always make sure that if there was SC stuff on TV, he would get me up or, or he would make sure. We always watched this uh, Keith Jackson college football half hour on Sunday mornings prior to the NFL game starting. I think it came on at 1230 Eastern time to where they ran down all the, the games, the big games in a half hour of highlights. And USC would come on usually because they were a power out west for about, you know, a minute or a minute and a half. But it's still, you know, East Coast bias and whatnot. But my dad loved your Buckeyes big time. Well, there's two kinds of kids, right? There's the kind of kid that their dad likes a certain team. They're going to like that team. Right. And there's the kid that's going to like Rebel, the, right? the, the, yeah. the, the the rival. So you're in Jersey thinking, oh, I want to be in California. Oh, you know it. And I ended <laughs> up, and that was part of the goal when I joined and the And then Navy, Venice Beach? Well, joined, I, Gold I, I did, Gym? Right there. I <laughs> RJ, RJ, I used to play. I used to play hoops in Venice Beach. You know, four nights a week. I worked in Marina Del Rey. But that was my goal, though. When I joined the service, I didn't give a crap about what I was going in, what trade, whatever. Get to California. Get to Cali. Get out of Jersey. Get to Cali. And I did that. So I stayed on the West Coast. But I love it here in Vegas. And uh, you know, West Coast to me is. Uh, I'm glad I'm from the East Coast, but I'm glad I live in the West Coast. So here's the question, Ken. We haven't told you this because sleepy. Said he wants to be, you know, clear back in PA for a while first. He said about two months ago, maybe, he was driving. I think he set up Green Valley Parkway. Okay. And he said he he looked over and saw this dude. It was like maybe 55, 60 degrees, shirt off, blonde hair flown in the wind, shooting basketball. He looks over like, what the? And it was you. Now, he said he, he said he was – you remember this? He I said do. he was going to stop in. Yeah. Then he looked at yeah. you and he said, you know, he stopped and say hi. He goes, I don't think I should and just kept driving. Yeah. What do you think about that? I should have stopped in. <laughs> you know, but you're not denying. On, no, yeah. I could have put on an exhibition for him now, you know, as far as shooting that ball. Now, what temperature will you keep a shirt on? Like a lot of people, it had to be like 85 to take Yeah, it's, you know, it's changed since I've been out west. RJ, RJ, you remember growing up in Ohio, Brad, too, that first 40, 42-degree day after the winter, you're in a T-shirt already throwing that football around. They're like, no big deal. I mean, it's like now, shoot, 40s out here in Vegas. Forget about it. i got a park on. Imagine now they've worked, they've worked together, you know, sleeping Ken for years. Yeah. He sees Ken. He just gets a look in his eyes and he says, you know, <laughs> I'll see him at the office. Yeah. I got that look at the office a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Next game, Baylor. Holy camoli. Holy camoli. Oh. We got Esther sound on this one. Holy camoli. We got Ken Thompson likes one side. Fezzik likes the same side. Brad likes the same side. And Dave Esler. Dave Esler. Like the other side. Oh, wow. And I am committed since Uncle Dave has been winning since Moses wore short pants. I've committed that every time Dave fades one of you guys, I'm the surrogate batter for Dave. And I have no choice. Let's listen first. Let's let Uncle Dave go first. Here he is. Conference championship weekend. Love Baylor over Oklahoma. First, the less tangible. Oklahoma has one win in their last five games by double digits last week over Oklahoma State. 
Baylor has one loss this season, obviously to the Sooners by three in a heartbreaker. The intangible, I think that's a confidence builder for the Bears. That made Baylor believe in Baylor. Now the tangible, Matt rules defense. They're 10th in points per play, 6th in yards per play, and 13th in points per game. But more than that, these games often come down to mistakes, and I don't trust the Sooners. Penalties and turnovers, 129th in penalty yards per game, 115th in turnover margin. Conversely, the Bears, 4th in turnover margin, 2nd in takeaway. Matt Rule's defense, defense wins championships. To me, it's Baylor that still has nothing to lose. All the pressure's on Oklahoma. I don't trust them. Give me Baylor plus 8.5. Okay, well, that means Ken, Fez, and Brad on Oklahoma, 200, 200, 200. Oh, wow. Go, <laughs> go, Brad. I like Oklahoma here. Let's, let's just talk line. I, power rings for me have Oklahoma by 9.8. And even then, I think I'm giving Baylor a little bit of credit here because keep in mind, three weeks ago, Oklahoma was at Baylor, and Oklahoma three weeks ago was 10.5, a 10.5 point favorite at Baylor, now only nine on a neutral. Also in that game, and I think this is key, mm-hmm. Oklahoma's playing without their all-American wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb. He's clearly one of the top five wide receivers in the country. He's worth at least one point to the line. Didn't play in the last game. He's playing and is healthy for this game. That's all just one point for CeeDee Lamb? I'm not a like a wide receiver, I'm, but yeah, he's, RJ, he's not just a wide receiver. He is one of the top three in the country. I'm not Fez where I got 300 guys worth a point, point and a half. I'm just, I'm being conservative saying he's a point. I can okay. see a point and a half. And a lot of people, the storyline from that game is Baylor blew the big lead. That's not what I saw. I saw Oklahoma dominate significant stretches of that game, particularly the second half and Oklahoma finished the game plus 218 yards even without one of their best players. I like Oklahoma here, minus the nine. Kent? 16 more first downs also in that game. And that's the thing. They dug themselves a three-touchdown-plus hole, and they figured things out to come back and win this game, to keep this playoff hope alive. They lose that game, they're done. We're talking about Baylor right now having a chance to run the table. I will say this as far as Baylor. I am so impressed with what Matt Rule has done. Yes, he's won three or four ugly games, but they've mounted, they've added up, and they're only lost. They have a chance to avenge it against Oklahoma. So I, re- I totally respect Dave Esler's opinion here. But again, for the fifth time this year, and I've taken the golden sombrero, I'm 0-4 against Baylor. I'm going to lay the points. I think that Oklahoma, with that game under their belt against Baylor, now Lincoln Riley has everything there in front of him to figure out, and I think he will. He's an offensive genius. No, so the genius. implication is Riley's a better coach? No, I'm not saying that because well, Matt Rule, I really— Doesn't Rule have a chance offensive, to adjust Offensively, also? now with C.D. Lamb having the full repertoire of uh, Arsenal for uh, Oklahoma, I think that Lincoln Riley will have a few more plays that will confuse the Baylor defense, things that they have not seen. I think Oklahoma eventually opens this game up. So does it series. bother you guys that if we had, were in a big, 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 big sports bar and they said, all right, next up, yeah. Oklahoma, Baylor, uh, lines nine, all Oklahoma, batters over there, all Baylor batters over there. 
Freddie Fanny Pack yeah. is going to be like feeling Ken's arms. You know, like I've heard about this. Yeah. You're gonna, ha- you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have Barney at the bar ready yeah. to get in a fight, saying, "Oh, yeah. he's gonna win." Uh, Brad's gonna be right there behind yeah. Barney. I mean, does that feel right? It can't. Boy, it doesn't. It I'll be doesn't hanging feel- out with Bosworth. But hold on, I got one more thing here. Oh, I, I've think- been holding back the real convention. No, Oklahoma's used to the spotlight, and there's going to be added pressure here on Baylor, who's never ever played in a Big Twelve title game before. These players, these coaches, no one in the in the history of the program is playing a Big Twelve title game. Or it could also be Oklahoma's kind of been over it. Because let's be honest, they feel like. Oh- you- even if they get in, it's like, what are the st- – like, couldn't you make the thing that Baylor's going to play at a fever pitch and that Oklahoma might be just n- at 9.5 instead of 10? I could see that. And particularly, say, that here's where I think could happen to Oklahoma and be a negative. Say Utah blows out Oregon the night before. That game's on Friday night. This one's on Saturday. If Utah blows out Oregon, what really is Oklahoma's Ooh. path? Some you could say, oh, they need a big margin. They're going to blow them out. Or Oklahoma's going to be like – I don't know. There's, is there a path for us to make the playoff at this point? If Utah's already yeah, so right- I would say this. If Utah loses, that's a big advantage to Oklahoma. Yes. Not that they're looking for margin, but they would whatever lack of They're focus. motivated when we're in. Yeah. Now, Fezzik also likes Oklahoma. Now, you guys do realize. Oh, I know. Damn. You're on a one and And 13. I'm on two of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Over there is Fez. Right. You, yeah. You'll be happy to split. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Outgained last four opponents by 160 yards per game. Congratulations. And they had, I mean, let's be candid. If Oklahoma, if you just did a blind resume, who's had a better year, Baylor or Oklahoma? Oklahoma. By how? How? What, in what way? Tell me the wins. Boy, that, yeah, I know. Not real convincing, is no, it? No, because they're non conference. Houston, you know, yeah, I mean, Derek UCLA, King played, but. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but when we look at Baylor, well, hold on though. Right. This is these are even teams. It's just caught your you're paying for the laundry. Statistically, they're not. They're, and it, RJ, you you're the one that always makes the point to me turnovers that there's a lot of luck involved. There is Baylor plus twelve, Oklahoma minus five on the year. All right, that's fair. So Oklahoma's better by some margin. Are they really better? Like, imagine this game was in Oklahoma. The line should be like. 12 and a half, 13. It's 10 and a half in Baylor, at Baylor. Yeah, and what's happened since? Oklahoma's been impressive. Really? Impressive? Yes. It seems like they won a lot of close games. But the scoreboard said close games, but statistically. Uh, Oh, okay. So the fact this team's laying. Like, what's the ATS margin of Oklahoma this year? This would be interesting. I mean, just for the kids out there, those aspiring to be handicappers. This is the, the rationalization that gets you into trouble where somehow they're trying to make the case that Oklahoma's had a good year. And maybe they have relative to expectations entering the year. They weren't that high. If anything, they're the team, just like Baylor, that's won some close games. They, they Admit this. How many, if everything had gone against Oklahoma, how many games could they have lost? Four? Yeah, four. They're minus three points per game against the spread. Three per game? So, like, almost 40 points on the season. Holy camoly. But somehow they've exceeded expectations. (laughs) Ohio State could have lost zero games if everything had gone against them. I mean, like, a couple, you know, you know what I'm saying. Oklahoma, what what was their close margins? Read the score in the opponent. Not the score. Read the margin in the opponent. Minus seven against Kansas State. They lost? They lost. Lost outright. Yeah. Oh, my God. One point home against Iowa State. They only won by one. Yeah. 
Yeah, All they right. got outscored twenty to nothing in the fourth quarter in Norman. Oh, but but okay, so what you're saying is that's a sign they really had the game under control. But somehow in the Baylor, it's flipped. And it, they almost no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that <laughs> they they screwed around and they almost got caught. Uh, Iowa State went for the two point conversion to win the game, RJ. Uh, but it was it was your guy, yeah, Matt, yeah. Matt Campbell. Away at Baylor, plus three. Home, TCU, plus four. Jeez, they can't even yeah. beat TCU? Well, they He's, beat them by four. I mean, like, handily? <laughs> and this is the team that's supposed to be laying nearly double digits yeah. against a Baylor team that has one loss in the year? One loss. And if Baylor wins, they're in the national championship. In the playoff. It, well, if Utah loses. Yes. Baylor could be one of Good those luck, teams guys. of destiny. <laughs> I know. They, they, you make uh, a great I mean, Dave Essler made some great points. Next game, Virginia, Clemson. By the way, you can follow Uncle Dave Astler. We'll be celebrating together. Dave underscore Astler, E-S-S-L-E-R. Dave underscore Astler on Twitter. Clemson, 28 and a half. This is their tough game against Virginia. <laughs> lean for Ken. A derivative from Fezzik. And Brad Powers has a lean. Let's start with Brad. So my power rating only has Clemson by 27 and a half. And I did give Clemson a point and a half of home field advantage here. Why? fifth straight year they're playing in Charlotte on top of being used to playing here they're also going to have a significant crowd advantage it'll be three to one playing uh for Clemson as far as uh, fans cheering them on in this one even though all that my power rank is 27 and a half I'm still leaning with Clemson even though I'm higher most of the time in the market on Clemson I just can't get over that this team is now number one in the country in yards per game margin number one in yards per play margin and they don't mind getting margin against the ACC. Last 18 games against ACC opponents, they're 16-2, and two, Clemson, against the spread. Average cover by 9.5 points per game. You have the defending national champ that I think is motivated. You don't believe me? Watch Dabble Sweeney's post-game press conference after they annihilated South Carolina last week. They could have been worse than the final you got the defending national champs is basically two field goals away from being 11-1 against the spread this year. And all the game that anybody wants to talk about, well, Clemson almost lost to North Carolina. I don't know if they're that good this year. Outside of that game, they've been as good, and in my opinion, they've been better than what I even expected coming into this season. Lean on Clemson for me. Yeah, they got their scare in that North Carolina game, and when they side relief there because North Carolina did go for it. They went for the win. I thought it was a lousy play call, but at the end of the day, give Mac Brown credit. He had his team motivated and ready. And Dabo Sweeney, I'm sure, every week since then, let's not have an effort like we had against Carolina. Almost like the, you know, the, uh, I was it, remember the Titans? Leave no doubt. Leave yep. no doubt. I mean, and they have left no doubt. And I don't think we know how good this team is, Brad, because they haven't had to turn it on. They have not had to turn it on against competition that they're going to face potentially in the playoff. So I think there's still, you know, uh, a ceiling, a higher ceiling for Clemson, even though it's been pretty high because they've been a selfless team. They haven't gone out to try and get Trevor Lawrence or Travis Etienne in the Heisman Trophy uh, talk. They said, you know what? We just want to win games. We're just going to keep on winning. And they've done that. And they've kind of upped the ante a little bit each time. This is a time now where you have a Virginia team that's one-dimensional. It's Bryce Perkins and a yeah. few others. All right, so a when few you, others. It's mainly Bryce. Perkins. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, Dubois yeah. and, and Reed and Jana, decent receivers. Taula Papa, decent, decent running, it against Clemson. That's exactly right. So when you're laying four touchdowns, though, is there motivation when they get up 31 points? Is it going to be? Let's continue to crush Bronco Mendenhall. 
This guy's in our conference. We could meet him again. You know, maybe we don't want to even show all the cards there. Dabo Sweeney might be okay winning by 24. So that line, when it's 28 and a half, a backdoor touchdown could burn you. That's why I only lean Clemson. But I tell you, this team, to me, clicking on all cylinders and that offense, you talked about Lawrence being so much more efficient since week three of the season. He's been outstanding. And I just think the ceiling still very high. That's why you do, and you do too. That's why you have them a three and a half point favorite initially on LSU. You're guessing like what not you initially. Felt. It's what he thinks. Yeah. Well, what that's you what feel? I think. What you feel? Yeah. Yep. So I, I mean, I, I'm not balking right. that. All I, right. I disagree with you on that line, but on this one, I'm just going to lean Clemson. RJ, where are you on this? Would you lay four, more than four touchdowns? I'm going to throw a theory out. There. All right. And this is I got to be honest with you. This is pretty wacky. But I think it might be true. Here's a theory uh, for you to disregard <laughs> completely. Uh... Could Clemson benefit by only winning by 17? So let's do two scenarios. They win by 17. They win by 37. What's the narrative if they win by 37? Uh, I mean, it, Clemson dominant again. This Man. Is, No. It's Clemson, Clemson's dominant again against a crappy ACC. Uh, yeah. Right? True. More the same. Yeah. It hasn't made, none of it's made Clemson well regarded. No, it hasn't. It doesn't matter that they continue to cover. So Even though you're paying premiums, they continue to cover. They're well, first still- of all, you're not paying premiums if they continue to That's cover. Right? Your numbers are just wrong. Yeah. All right. So if you had a Clemson 44 to 3 victory and you had Ohio State win by three against Wisconsin. And LSU win by three against Georgia. Well, we've got a bet you, on this. Do you consider lay out the bat for him? He was yeah. In the so rest here's here, here's the bet: Ohio State wins by seven or less. Mm-hmm. LSU wins by seven or less. Clemson wins by forty or more. I gave RJ twenty to one Clemson that they'll be number one. He thinks they will be number one. I say no way. Game twenty to one. Twenty to one. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I'll take a piece of that. <laughs> Done. All right, I know. You want another hundred with him? Yeah, I'm not you want to lose four thousand dollars? I might lose him four thousand. Thank you for. I no, mean, we we need a clarification here. Both of those teams don't have to win by seven or more. One can lose. Oh yeah, and one yeah. can win. Yeah. So as long as one of the teams wins by seven or more, mm-hmm. LSU or High State, and the other team doesn't win, well, check that by seven or less. Let's see how I can explain it because I messed that up. What we want is a situation where either both teams, and we're talking to High State LSU, only win small, yep, or one of the teams loses, so he's but the other team wins small, so it ends up being Clemson against either okay. Ohio State yep. or LSU or potentially yeah, both. Yeah, they mm-hmm. both lose. I don't have a bet. With no, you no, 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 no. You're right. Yeah. It, it, this is really we're trying to isolate. Yeah. If there's an LSU that barely wins the game. Against a Clemson that dominates, High State loses, or High State wins by 3 2. Who yep. gets it? I think there's some chance that Clemson gets it. I agree, based on Ohio State jumping into the playoff, based on a 59 nothing shellacking of Wisconsin in a championship game a few years ago. Wouldn't the committee be willing to say, hey, show us something? I think when they, I think there was a real purpose when they jumped Ohio State over LSU off the Penn State game. They said, you finally had what we consider to be. A quality, really quality win, thus you jump. Yeah. Wouldn't they love, he's starting to get worried. You should get the soundbite from Fire Marshal Bill. Let me show you something. (laughs) Yeah. So you you got the bet straight. Yeah, I got it straight. 
We're all good. I'm good. Boy, between that and uh, and by the way, I didn't bring this up. But before I, I don't want be a good list- Christmas. I don't want the listeners bucks. to tweet out to me and say, "KT, don't let RJ off the hook." Now that Alabama's totally out of this playoff, Jesus you have Christ, a no lose. No, but now you have a no lose bet. And, and there's been people that are saying, "Let RJ buy out." It's his alma mater. Give him a break, KT. No, let him, way, buy, out. It's let it's him great, buy out. Let him buy out. It's a great emotional hunch. hatch for yeah. me. Let I win either great. way. Let him buy out for a hunch. You know, five hundred. Five hundred. RJ, what do you think? So you. You're saying that you think Ohio State has a 50% chance to win the title. I think they have at least that. <laughs> at least that. All right. Well, then let then oh, wow. I'll give you a my. Uh, no, I'm already sitting. Oh, with, oh, yeah. I, I'm sitting at the button. <laughs> not, not RJ. Oh, we're giving a one-two <laughs> no limit tournament now? <laughs> there it is. All right. Now, let's be clear, Brad, because this could be confusing. LSU loses. Ohio yep. State wins by three. Yep. Clemson wins by 42. We've got a bet. Yep. Even though that wasn't originally a part of it, but you're or fine. or yeah. well, no, that it was yeah. obvious. Yeah. Or high state wins by three, LSU wins by three, Clemson wins by forty three. We got a bet. Yep. And in that case, Clemson has to be over both of them. Yep. Yep. And we're only getting twenty to one. Twenty to one. Maybe we should have got thirty to one, Ken. I'll suffer. What do you think, McKenzie? Sounds about right. You think that the, that's the right market price? Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked, but, you know, 95% makes sense. Hmm. Hmm. Good luck. Fezzik's derivative bet, Clemson minus 17 in the first half. Clemson has beaten the last five opponents the first half by 21 or more. I can see them getting up 24 quickly. Do they have a real desire for margin? It's unclear. What does this mean? I can see them. Getting up 24. Like, he has a vision yeah. and stuff? You're not 1 in 13 yeah. and you got, having visions. <laughs> Maybe I would fade yeah. those visions. Remember, he's having a good year in college. He just yeah, doesn't he want to mess with this crew. No, he doesn't. But, but apparently I'm with him this week. Mm. Strong. Yeah. Thinking back for a second, though, don't you think if somehow, some way Virginia almost wins, th- the case can be made, see, the ACC is not that bad. Hmm. Like, the given, it seems, is how good Clemson is. Yeah. The problem is you're not playing anybody. It's all, I mean, I'm not saying this is true, but you could almost find a way to think it. Like, couldn't you see Dabo saying, I told you. Yeah, I mean, I these, are, these are tough teams. It just makes everything we've done the whole season more impressive. Because he did mention, hey, Virginia's at 9-3 and three in any conference see? this year. I do remember yeah. the, as far as your LSU-Clemson deal, the only common opponent, Texas A&M, 24 to 10, Clemson at home, 50 to 7, LSU at home. Just wanted to bring that up. Cincinnati. We'll have a bet when they play each other. Oh, we will. Me- <laughs> it's turning dark. <laughs> Memphis favored at home or favored. They're the home team in the order of the rotation by nine and a half over Cincinnati. Uh-oh, Ken. This is your best bet? Yes, it is. Go, baby, go. All right, Cincinnati's going to be my play here. Look, I like Memphis. I played them last week, and it's not sour grapes because Memphis didn't cover. Laid 10 and a half, 11, didn't cover. We're fortunate to even be up 10 at the end of the game. And here's what I saw. I saw a Cincinnati team that did not have to win this football game. They were going to be in the title game anyway. Now, they could have eliminated Memphis by winning this game, but maybe you want to play the same opponent that you've just played the following week. You're not, you're not going to worry about it. Luke Fickle, to me, defensive-oriented coach, very solid coach, went with the freshman. Didn't 
put Des Ritter in because Ritter's shoulder was ailing a little bit. Ritter could have gone had need be. In fact, if it was a title game, I think he would have gone. But he went to the freshman Bryant, who played very well, and I think exposed Memphis in some areas on the defensive side of the ball. I also like the way Michael Warren ran the ball down their throat for 122 yards and a touchdown. They have Dokes back as well in the backfield. So they've got some solid components on offense. They're not flashy. They're not going up and down, scoring at will like Memphis does against lesser opponents. But defensive savviness, they've got it. They hit hard. And if they don't get a stupid personal foul call after a third down play, they were about to get the ball back with four minutes down three points. That opened up that 15 yards, kept Memphis's drive alive. They scored the touchdown. So the margin is phony there, that 10-point finality as far as Memphis winning by 10. I think Cincinnati with familiarity, look, if they don't win the game, I think they're definitely staying inside the 9.5-point number. I'll take Cincinnati, definitely. my best bet, over Memphis. And I think Cincinnati has a great chance to win that game. How about this? I'll take Memphis. Just all you got to do is give me plus 150. I'll take Memphis plus uh, or minus nine and a half. You said definitely. I'm, I mean, this should be easy, right? RJ, don't need to do that. One. <laughs> but, you know, you got to be got to be a smart gambler. You taught me a few things. Oh, Lord. Now I've taught them. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> I lean Cincinnati here. And I came away impressed because the market was very anti-Cincinnati last week. Line moved three points. And we all questioned, hey, Cincinnati's, what's their motivation? And 17-3 out of the gate. Exactly. That's my whole point. It's 17-3 right out of the gate. Memphis is winning. I'm thinking this is going to be an easy Mm -hmm. winner for betting on Memphis throughout the course of the week. And Cincinnati, you thought, would throw in the towel. Hey, we'll get them next week. We're down 14. We're on the road playing with a backup quarterback. And I thought the last three quarters of the game, Cincinnati was the better football team. And here's another trend here because this is very unique. The two teams playing each other, same two teams back-to-back weeks. It's only happened three times in college football ever, three times, well, at least in the modern era. Same venue, too. Same venue. The underdog the second week is 3-0 and against the spread, so it is tough to beat a team back-to-back weeks and consecutive weeks. And you don't have to beat them. You only have to cover 9.5. Remember, you're saying they're the 3-0 dog against, against the, the spread. Against the spread. Cover margins, Sorry, five points okay. per game. All right, Fezzik leans Cincinnati, said Memphis failed to cover last week, despite Cincy having little incentive. Memphis won by 10, only won the yardage net by 25. Memphis plus two in turnovers. Yep, and still couldn't cover. Brad, I want to ask you And got a kick return touchdown in the opening play of the game. That's right. I wanted to ask you this, though, too, because they've been waiting for Patrick Taylor, who was their starting running back, beginning of the year, played that one game, went over 120 yards in the first game, but then he got hurt, couldn't make it back on the field, got a couple plays in, came back last week, had 10 carries for only 25 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, who replaced him, 15 carries, 87 yards. I thought they were trying to force Taylor back into like, okay, you're back, let's make sure you're part of the offense, to where I think that plays into Cincinnati's hands like, great, Give this guy the ball because he's not the guy that he was at the beginning of the year. I could see that. Okay. I don't think any show has ever had a stretch run like this one. When we come back, it is going to be Brad's best bet, followed by Fezzik's best bet, in which Brad agrees and Ken disagrees. One commercial break. Woo-wee. The action. The action. Love it. It's kind of like... The horror in Apocalypse Now, but it's better. It's the action. BetDSI.com. 
now as we head into the last quarter, four games of the regular season. Ah, it's bittersweet. A lot of football behind us. Good news is even more bigger action on the horizon football. NFL playoffs included college football, playoff arguments, bowl season, regular season for NFL, playoffs for NFL, Super Bowl, on and on. And then you go into all the holiday tournament action, college basketball, into the NBA, into March Madness. That's action, action, action. Now you get a 100% bonus match with BetDSI, promo code BELL101. Put in your money, 100% of it matched. That's BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. If there's any time to do it, now is the time. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. So, Brad, so far, which pick do you like best amongst all the different conversations? I like under Utah, Oregon. Huh. Under Utah, Oregon. I kind of like that, too. We'll see, though. Especially at uh, Fez's number. (laughs) Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Mr. Brad Powers. And I'm going Florida Atlantic, laying the seven and a half. Florida Atlantic in the Conference USA Championship game is playing at home. Let's start with the power rating. Biggest disparity of the week for me. I have this one power rated Florida Atlantic by 11.2 here. So big disparity. Why do I think there's a disparity here? I think UAB got a nice record, 9-3 and three on the season, but UAB's overrated, the defending Conference USA champs. Why? UAB has played the weakest schedule out of 130 teams at the FBS level. The weakest by any measure. You're looking at Jeff Sagarin. You're looking at Phil Steele. You're looking at Brad Powers. Dead last as far as schedule strengths. UAB overrated. And we like to think turnovers here, mostly random. I don't think they're random in this instance that I think it's a major advantage for Florida Atlantic. Why? UAB's got terrible quarterback play. They have thrown the quarterbacks for UAB 17 interceptions this year, second most in the country. On the other side of the ball, the Florida Atlantic defense has 19 interceptions, the most in the country. So you got the team that's prone to throwing interceptions against a team that's prone to taking interceptions. Add that all up for me. I'm taking Florida Atlantic minus seven and a half best bet. So we accept the fact that quarterbacks throwing interceptions have a significant amount of skill. And I should have laid that out. What's not random, I we think to a certain degree is throwing skill position, skill of throwing interceptions by quarterbacks. Or not throwing interceptions. Or not. Thank you for that. Do you believe do you really believe that like I'm confused about this idea that the takeaways are not random. So you've got a ball hawking defense. Is that the phrase? Well, here's what I'll say. Florida Atlantic. So you're not going to answer the question? No. I, you could say ball hawking, but Florida Atlantic's got better talent. This is like an Alabama versus SEC comparison. But somehow it's only seven and a half? Because UAB's the defending champ. They're nine and three. They've got the same record. They're very well But it's respected. somehow Alabama versus Vanderbilt. <laughs> Florida Atlantic's got four and five-star recruits. He, Lane Kiffin takes the, the rejects from all these other you know SEC schools, plugs them in here. It might be more like this year's comparison of Oklahoma and Baylor. As far as talent, Baylor's... That doesn't help me, Ken, because Oklahoma only won by three. 
And you got Dave Esler and R.J. Bell against me and Fezzik. Without C.D. Lamb. Remember remember that. C.D. Lamb's making all the C.D. Lamb, baby. My one final point here. UAB has not lost a home game since they returned the football program three years ago. Great. Exceptional at home. They're average on the road, similar to what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are. They're 500, whether it's straight up or against the spread away from home. What do you think of this game, Ken? I agree with them. I'm, I'm on FAU. I think the line is light. Tyler Johnston, yeah, he's thrown 13 interceptions. He got replaced by Dylan Hopkins. This guy's completion ratio is pathetic. I mean, he's right around 50% at best. They have a couple decent running backs in Brown and Stanley, but other than that, I'm not looking at UAB for much. I mean, I, I think they can slow down FAU a little bit first half, maybe, but I like Robeson, the quarterback for FAU. This guy wings it out there, only has five interceptions, 22 touchdown passes. Malcolm Davidson, very solid out of the backfield, and Harrison Bryant and uh, Antoine, those two receivers, 117 receptions, 10 touchdowns. There's a lot of firepower on Lane Kiffin's teams. I mean, throughout the years, they always have a prolific offense. They may lose shootouts, but they're not going to lose this game against a team that's going to have trouble scoring. I think FAU opens it up early, and I think they continue to pound them. Here's why I do think the numbers seems a little short here. Lane Kiffin, a lot of rumors about him going to an SEC job. In fact, the, the rumors are saying he interviewed earlier this week for the Arkansas job. So Lane Kiffin, head coach of Florida Atlantic, being distracted. That would be my major hang-up here. Wow, Ole I Miss won. too, because could Ole Miss come into play there too? Ole Miss is a better job than Arkansas. So let's go back to the bar, the big bar. And <laughs> all right, Florida Atlantic one side, UAB the other. And it's like, what, who, huh? It's like, well... Lane Kiffin, the coach for Florida Atlantic, and uh, UAB is blah, blah, blah. Who, who, who do you think the average person They're gonna is on? bet Florida Atlantic. So it just seems like a reoccurring theme here. Like I Oklahoma. Don't, number one, they're not betting this game. Really? They don't know. Really? They don't know they're Lane Kiffin. They're just going to bet. The, they know Lane Kiffin. They'll bet the favorite. That, All right, there you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it just strikes me that this is like – of a game like this, it doesn't have a marquee. This will be the most lopsided with the squares of any possible game because you got a big name coach that like that's brash, that likes to run it up. Right? All right, you want to? I can think of a bet uh, pregame game center, which is great. I love that the game center, the consensus. I will bet that this won't be the most public lopsided game of the week. No, did you hear what I said? I said huh. uh, in a game like this, oh, okay. meaning a game without an obvious, oh, okay, uh, lopsided. But, but I'll then, give you three to one. Then as people dig into it, well, is there only three other games? As <laughs> people <job>. as people <laughs> dig into it, I mean, if you nice. want to say it's random, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Is As the people dig into it, right now, I mean, it's early. There's only a couple or 3,000 bat based on the printout I've got. 75% of the cash, Florida Atlantic, 91% of the tickets. Mm. That's the early batters. Yeah. All right. Mm. Brad, you already played that Square. early. You? You're part of that. I am part of it. Well, what number did you get? I cannot say. I'm not no, but I'm asking. Six and a half. See? Uh, now we got That's interesting. Bucks. That's No, 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 oh, okay. no, no. I'm saying yeah. if I you ask you, yeah. it's, there's yeah. a reason for it. I yeah. just don't want to hear every day that yeah. everyone's getting the better number. Yeah. <laughs> Next game, <laughs> final game, the game, LSU, Georgia. In this corner, 
Steve Fazek in Abstantia. We got a call out to fake Fazek. His partner, Brad Powers. Oh, no. <laughs> in the other corner, hailing from Venice Beach, California. 6'8", 315. It was 303, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah, but you're close. Wow. <laughs> I love that you know it. <laughs> All right. It's so funny. Uh, Finkel was his name, I yeah, think. Yeah, Howard Finkel. Yeah, he used, he used to have the, uh, I mean, he'd go, from Venice. He really opened his throat. Yeah. From Venice Beach, California. Yeah. That's pretty good right there. Ken, we're going to let you go first. This is LSU, Georgia. Right now, 7-7. Seven, seven. All right, RJ, I feel confident now, even more so. I just got a great text from my good pal Chuck Edo that you know. Yeah. I went against two syndicates tonight in college basketball on William & Mary. The line went against me two points. Chuck just texted me, great call, William & Mary. So I have no idea what the score is. All I know is that means good. That means KT made some money. Now let's get to this game here so at least and you make got, some more money. You threw in the nice win. You know, hey, I won another one, guys. Well, no, no, that's that's big. When you're going against, when now, you, did you go against the syndicate knowingly or no? Was it no, the here's, the, here's the thing. I laid three points. That line went down to two everywhere, and so I even. So said now that, you're saying you're going against the no? Here, Brad I, I even said I, I sent this to Crackman saying I think this line will go to four. Bet the heck out of it. These guys all bet it, and it went the other way. Went down a point. Thank goodness I was right, man. Now, I'm going to be right again here, I think, because I think this LSU offense is by far the best offense that Georgia's played. When I look up and down at Georgia's schedule, there's not one offense worth a crap outside of your Notre Dame team that gave them a 23-16 scare or whatever it was, 23-17 scare, down in between the hedges. This game now on a neutral field against LSU, who I think has as good a quartet or maybe even better now than the Alabama quartet that I had up on Mount Rushmore earlier with Chase and Jefferson Marshall and Randy Moss's kid Thaddeus Moss, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, outstanding back, but I also have the Heisman Trophy winner in Joe Burrow. Defense back, and RJ and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, Sadiq Charles, the left tackle, he's back, he's healthy now, that's huge as well. Take that into consideration when we look at Georgia. DeAndre Swift, you're all everything back. No doubt the best back in the SEC, I feel. But what? He's got a contusion on the shoulder. They took him out last week. I know you want to protect him. You got Brian Herrian to back him up. You're already without Lawrence Cager, your leading receiver. Your number two receiver, moron, throws a punch in a game that didn't mean anything, in a rivalry game against Georgia Tech. Now he's suspended for the first half. So by the time Georgia gets him back in the second half, I think it's going to be too late. I think they're going to be down two scores to this LSU offense that just doesn't quit. Georgia, to me, has a great game manager in Jake Fromm, a guy that throws at a very high percentage, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, and has a solid offensive line. But now you're going to have to play catch-up against a team that knows how to get rid of the ball quickly. So as good as that Georgia defense has been against non potent offenses and again not one offense runs anything like LSU does that they're facing here I think LSU continues at their pace kind of like Ohio State Wisconsin Ohio State Michigan they just keep doing what they do and at the end of the four quarters LSU's ahead by double digits Georgia it's been a great run you had two chances to beat Alabama in the championship game you screwed up and this team just not near as good why because you don't have the receiving core and you don't have the depth 
decent defense hasn't been tested. They'll be tested, and they'll be exposed big time. Georgia, you're out of the playoff. You're out of everything. You're done. You're going to some bowl game on New Year's. Good luck. You're going to get whipped like you did last year by Texas. LSU rolls this game. Very aggressive handicap. Now, I'm, I'm waiting for word on one thing, Brad, so I'll let you go first. All right. Uh, I'm on Georgia here. And, and to me, you mentioned, hey, LSU's the best offense Georgia's going to see all year. Well, I think the opposite is true on the other side of the ball. This is going to be the best defense that LSU has seen all year. And I can make a case Auburn what was the best defense they faced so far. How many points did LSU have against that good Auburn defense? 23 points. All they needed to get early. Yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this isn't all everything. Look, the yardage was At home ridiculous. What was the yardage in that well, game? Well, yeah, you're using the yardage now, but you were – oh, my goodness. You were all – I was on LSU. I had game. Auburn. like – I know. And I got a, I got a, a And I told you about the yardage. What about the touchdown Auburn scored at the end to make it 23-20? Very deceptive. I mean, they still would have covered down 10. They were still good. That's my point that I was making during that game. Now you're And now you're on the wrong side. No, I'm not on the wrong side. You got to let the other guy talk. Yeah, yeah Brad, you got Let's it. Let's just talk power rating. I got LSU by five and a half here, and that's even accounting for the suspension for the first half for the wide receiver. It's even downgrading him a point for Swift, who's questionable right now. I'm downgrading him a point saying, hey, maybe he's doubtful, and I still only got LSU by five and a half. Here's where I think there's hidden advantages. This is Georgia's fourth time playing in this facility in the last three years. LSU's never played here before. Georgia's used to it. They're going to be sleeping at home. Jake Fromm even said, hey, we're you, that's like our second home field, the, the Georgia Dome. We're so used to playing there. We know what the hotel we're staying at. We're going to be comfortable. That's what the Georgia players are saying post-game from Georgia Tech. And on top of it, I look at the line of scrimmage where a lot of these SEC games are won, at least if you've been watching it last 15, 20 years. You like to use sack margin. I listen to you. I'm on your show, Ken. I listen to your show. You use sack margin all the time when we're doing the rundown show. And Georgia, plus 17 sack margin. Your great LSU team, plus three. Advantage in defense, advantage in line of scrimmage. I'll take Georgia, plus the seven. <clears throat> Special guest appearance. Just because we have background music, so it's going to obscure that he doesn't have his song, Fake Fezzik. <clears throat> Thank you. Georgia's the pick. Here's the thing you got to realize. The SEC wants two teams. When we had the secret, oh, when we had the secret commission, <laughs> what? No conspiracy theory for his bat? No. I, oh, okay. This is fake fat. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> <laughs> when we last met, the commission said two SEC teams. We agreed. We had veto power. We agree, Georgia. All right, let me read Fezzik's, though. Oh, I thought that was this. <laughs> that was fake Fezzik. Yeah, okay. Remember, fake yeah. Fezzik. That's okay. funny, though. I did take that into yeah. consideration, yeah. though. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, you were, let's, let's yeah. think about this a second. Yeah. Is Georgia, how motivated is LSU? I think they're motivated. But I, if you ask me on a scale of 1 to 10, who's the more motivated team, I think it's Georgia. But, but what I'm saying is I'm not saying LSU wants to lose. I'm saying in the back of their mind, they're thinking, don't they make – there's money to be made here, right? Is Doesn't the whole league share the yep. money if a second yep. – So Georgia will make what? Hundreds of thousands of dollars – I'm sorry. LSU will make how much if Georgia makes it? Oh, a couple more million at least. For the SEC? Yeah, for the SEC. Split up. Yes. Whack it up. Yep. So these millions of dollars are irrelevant. <laughs> right? I think to the players, yeah, because they're not going to ever see a cut cut of it. I know, but what I'm saying is the players are thinking this is going to prove how great the SEC. I'm not again. I'm saying yeah. 
you know how it is when you're playing a game and something and you care, but really when the chips are down, you know those times when yeah. you got to go on no sleep or you can beg off on something? Yep. If, if you really care, you go on no sleep. If you don't, you beg off. Yep. I, I do think it's a factor. You don't think seeding matters because this game is prior to the Big Ten championship game. So I think no, you know, I hear you that, for them to catch Ohio State. But really, if you're not one, it doesn't matter what you are. Right. right? I'm saying they have incentive to be one. So if they, if they take care of business with margin here, then Ohio State, pressure on them to take care of margin over Wisconsin. But I think RJ's point does stand. There is at least a factor. I mean, LSU could afford a hiccup. They could lose this game, and still I think they're a great chance I think chance what Ken just said is actually the point. I think if LSU gets up big, they'll want to roll. They get down 10. Get down 14, are they really clawing back? Because they're not going to get margin at that point anyway. So if anything, I think if you do believe this conspiracy, I would say look in-game if Georgia gets up big. Maybe LSU doesn't care about fighting back as much. I think they want this to be the greatest season in LSU history. I agree agree they want to win. I'm just saying there might be a 5% little part of it. Fez is making a point about the Georgia Dome. And also, they played this exact game the last two years, so they're used to the, the, hmm, not the pattern, but the pageantry. Yeah, that. Yeah. But but I was talking more about like, okay, you play the last game. Now you got one more. Yep. You're going to Atlanta. The routine of it. Yeah, and so uh, probably staying at the same hotel. You know, the lost whole thing. lost against Bama by only seven, beat Auburn by twenty one. So they've done pretty well in this game. Yep. He said Burrow distracted by the highs, but how could that be? No, that's always a bowl game thing. Yeah. Because you're on your – yeah, no. So that's your partner. So, oh, Brad Powers. <laughs> now, somehow Fezzik has a seven and a half on here. Imagine that. Oh, my God. What, what's the market saying? There were a couple seven and a halfs, I think, far away places. Yeah, but what's the consensus number? No, seven. All right, we'll confirm. All right, so, good content, guys. What are we doing? How are we going to do this? So, when the first bowl games are when? Uh, the 21st. December 21st, yeah. So what we're saying here is today's what? Uh, f- what's the date today? 5th? The 3rd. The 3rd. So 10th. Se- so we do the 17th. So we'll take yeah. next week. We're taking off college. Yeah, we'll do put the Army-Navy game in the pro. Put the Army-Navy game in the pro. Good thinking, Brad Powers. And then the next week, exact same day, Wednesday morning, you'll have the bowl games that will start that weekend. Okay. And what's the number, Brad? Yeah, you can find... A couple of seven and a halfs out there, far away places. All right, so we're going to make it. I think it's only fair to make it seven, but I will say this because there are some seven and a halfs. I think you give them plus 105. So it's we're kind of saying it's seven and a quarter, maybe. Is that fair? No, nah, see, see, I don't want to lay seven and a half. That's a key number. No, 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 no. What I'm saying I know is for me, though, I mean, as oh, far I as on my like, I agree. So what I'm saying is we'll make the line seven. But it's plus 105 for them. So okay. you're laying 105, but you're getting sure. a better number. I'll do, I'll do that. Is that good? Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm always just trying no, to make no, it no, fair. That, no, sure. that's fair. Sure. All right. Yeah. Oh, last thing. We got to do our pick, our, our collective pick. I got to be honest. I like that total because it's not only that the weather's coming. It's You the, remember that Niner field, man. That thing yeah, just it's the combination. Up, and I like Fez is something that I wasn't even thinking about, that Utah could be tight and conservative. And then the the world, you know, the whole kind of world commission that fake Fezzik sits on. <laughs> Who knows what they think of this yeah. game? But we're not even going to venture a guess. You know what, Brad? That's a good point. But I here's my feeling that if Oregon gets the ball and Utah forces them three and out, 
They're going to have so much confidence. If Utah gets the ball, I agree with Fez. I think they will be conservative on that first series. You know, Huntley and the guys. Guys, this could just keep. In fact, when I stop recording this, they're going to keep going another half hour. (laughs) Follow them on Twitter. Ken Thompson's at SportsX Radio. Brad Powers at Brad Power 7. At RJ in Vegas for me. NFL tomorrow. One week off of college. Back in 14 days. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJ in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.